Hello, how y'all doing? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and... I'm Brian! He's back for another one, which means, of course, we're doing a review! <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Resistance. Because yeah. we finally sat down to watch it. Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Is that it? Rebellion. Or not just, rebels, yeah. Well, no, which, because did I say? I, you said resistance. Okay. I'm just reassuring myself because I kept saying rebels earlier, and that's a whole other show. Yeah. Um. So as usual, we're going to start this in a spoiler-free environment. You're going to get to hear the click clack of our little doggy running around, probably in the background. If you hear a little click clacking, that's uh, Sasha doing her thing. So we're going to talk a little bit spoiler-free and then go into the spoiler zone. So first of all, one of the things that struck me hardest in watching this, and I didn't get this from the uh, trailers, but as soon as we watched the first episode, um, The Recruit, a little while in, it kind of dawned on me, the art style of this show is kind of like a living Ralph McCrory painting. Yeah. Yeah, the, very much so. <clears throat> and that's kind of crazy and kind of cool. Like, if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, that name may not mean anything to you. Ralph McCrory, when uh, George Lucas was trying to shop around the idea for Star Wars initially, um, he hired a painter named Ralph McCrory to do previs artwork for the series so that he could show people what he was doing. And now the cat's involved. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Um, so yeah, he hired Ralph McCrory to do some original artwork that some of which made it into the original movies. Others did not. Ralph McCrory's um, Stormtroopers did make it in with some alterations his Darth Vader made it in. But beyond that, a lot of his original concept art did not make it into the original series. For example, and a lot of people might not know this because you might think that it was Chewbacca in the, the weird alien guy that would end up becoming Zeb in Rebels. In the original, original screenplays that were going around, that was Han Solo. And then he decided that he wanted Han Solo to be a human and thus the Wookiees were born. And he gave him a sidekick, and that was Chewbacca, and there you go. <laughs> the dog is very excited. Tough dog. <laughs> um, but he created some very iconic artwork that later, in later iterations, especially since the, uh, let's just say The Force Awakens, the sequel trilogy started, have been making their way into Star Wars in a wonderful way that I've really been enjoying. And Ralph McQuarrie's artwork has always been something that I've really loved. And it was 
one of those moments that just kind of hit me really hard, especially the map paintings and the way the world looks really, really reminds me of those old Ralph McQuarrie paintings. Yeah. And, and because of that, you get like this nostalgic feeling that, uh, you know, you get this like, I don't know, it gives you that familiar feeling, even though it is visually different and not different from everything from the other you know animated stuff they've done lately yeah it's kind of nifty because you know it took me a while to get into rebels because clone wars had such a distinct look and i really liked i really liked the look of the clone wars and yeah i'm really excited that that's coming back at least for one more season um i can't wait to see what that's going to be like oh yeah but you know rebels took me a little bit to get into because it was different from clone wars remarkably different especially when you get to see very early on that hollow of uh obi-wan kenobi mm-hmm. and it really makes a very bold statement of this is different yeah um this one went in a completely different way and i honestly wasn't enjoying it that much in the trailers as far as the new art style I really bought into it as soon as we started watching it. like, And it was kind of before I got to the Ralph McQuarrie thing, because it wasn't until they landed, were going in for the landing at the Colossus Station, that it hit me. Because the clouds yeah. and the way the station looked up against the water with the sky out in the distance, I just went, that looks like a Ralph McQuarrie painting. Because that was the thing that was so fun with it, because before, even before you have that realization, it it lends itself i mean you it's obviously different but it it lends that familiarity um to it as well it really makes it feel star warsy in a way that i wasn't expecting yeah and it, and it definitely helped to ease into the art style because like you i also had trouble troubles with the art style of rebels at first because i was very familiar with clone wars and because yeah, we had had six seasons of clone wars up until that point and then yeah rebels was similar but different and it was different enough that it it, it caused issues so if that's something that was holding you back from checking this out don't let that hold you back definitely check it out it's worth worth it um i'm going to go through the characters in in a minute before we get to the spoilers but basic feels just to get that out of the way i am enjoying this show it is a bit more kidsy than I think a lot of people were expecting, but I think that's because... So was Clone Wars. <clears throat> well, that, so yeah. was everything. And that, yeah. that's kind of the idea is these series are meant to be like kids for Star Wars, and they grow up with the characters. So you think of Clone Wars started off fairly kidsy and then became an amazingly serious show over time. Rebels started off kind of kidsy and became a very yeah. serious show over time. I can see the potentials in this for it to go that go go on that same route. Um, I don't think it's overly kidsy. Like it doesn't feel like a Teen Titans Go or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there, there's it's, more. There's, it's a little bit more adult and serious than than even how Rebels started. Because you're right. Because Rebels especially was like the Loath Cats and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean it was fun, but it was very kidsy at the beginning. And and this one is, you know, yeah. So I, I, if if that's something that was you were worried about, I I don't think that that's something to be worried about. 
I, most of my concerns about the series went away when I started watching it and actually got to meet the characters and see the world that the story is taking place in. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to talk about next before we get into spoilers. So our main character is, um, um, cause <laughs> this is going to take me forever to be able to say correctly. Um, Kazuda Ziono, Kaz for short. Kaz. Um, not the biggest fan of Kaz. I'll say, say that right off the bat. Um, he reminds me of the character in most things that I don't like, in that he wants to be the hotshot pilot. I do think they did a really interesting thing by pairing him up with, um, um, Poe Dameron very early in the series, because you get to kind of see who he wants to be, and Poe is a character that I really enjoy from both the comics and the movies. I do like that they brought Oscar Isaacs back to play Poe Dameron for this, and by the way, not a spoiler, like in the first five minutes of the first episode, which is like a 45-minute episode, it's a double episode, he shows up, um, and plus he was in the trailers, um, I, yeah. I don't consider things that were in the trailers to be spoilers for the most part, unless, well, they really mess up. Yeah, um, unless they screwed up doing the trailer. Which some movies do. <clears throat> yeah, then it's on them. Um, yeah, then it's on them. But I, 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 I think I can grow to like him. I, I want there to be more development between him and his father. They set that up as a very interesting thing very early in the series. I... I I'm curious to see where he develops to. Um, I also think it's very interesting that unlike almost every character that we meet in the Star Wars universe, especially main character, he is not an orphan. Maybe. And I say maybe because we've only ever heard his father be mentioned. His mom may not be with us. I don't know. So he may be a half-orphan. This may be a half-step towards a non-orphan main character. Actually, to uh, be the word of dark, probably not yet is the <laughs> word you're looking for. Because that's what went through my mind. It's like, oh, he's not an orphan. Yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of a, a, yeah. a major thing for most of the characters that we've met. From, you know, all the way back to Luke and Leia... All the way through, our main characters generally are orphans or somehow detached from their parents in some way, and there are re- storytelling reasons for that. Um, but I, I, I think I will eventually like him. I like the voice acting that uh, Christopher Sean has is doing for him. It's again, it it, it fits the tone and tenor that the show is wanting, and I can see myself getting to like him as a character. But I, I don't really like the flyboy type characters all that usually. So we'll see which way he goes, how Top Gun the show is going to get. But I don't feel that it's actually going to go the way of Top Gun. No. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like either. it's going to go somewhere completely else, elseways with us. So, uh, Nico, Niku, Niku. Niku Vozu. Uh, okay, so for those of you who are fans of Silicon Valley, this is a character voiced by Big Head from Silicon Valley by uh, Josh Brenner. I love Niku. I, I do. I have a soft spot for a character who is alien in a way that makes him not understand human culture. And 
I, I made a really bad joke really early after we met him that, you know, you are our last hope. Yeah. Because he kind of feels like he should have been in Galaxy Quest. But I mean that in, like, the best possible way. Like, he takes everything literally. He's a fun character, and I actually... He was my in into the show. Like, I, I really enjoyed him. So, I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... the uh, That... The covers it <laughs> for Nico. Yeah. Okay, so Jarek Yeager. First of all, I have to say um this is I I'm hoping some foreshadowing because his name is kind of spelled like Chuck Yeager's name is spelled just slightly different and I'm assuming he's actually a side nod reference to Chuck Yeager who was one of my heroes growing up. If you don't know, he was a test pilot who was kind of the first American in space because he uh, was testing some jets and just aimed straight up to see how high it would go. Yeah. And unfortunately he fell off of radar so we can't prove exactly how high he actually went but the fact that he got away from the radar post kind of intimates that he got there. I had a thing for that kind of yeah person growing up. Now he's voiced by scott lawrence who you you'll know from like everything everything like if his voice is not immediately recognizable to you i mean he was dr people on um legion i mean i could just go forever he was on nashville man i know i checked out of that show but who wasn't on nashville eventually i mean he was on a lot of stuff I, i really like the mysterious backstory that they're giving him. Um, I like that he was a fighter at the Battle of Jakku. I lo- which is, I guess, a spoiler, but not really. Um, I, I like that they're not telling us a lot about who he is or where he came from and why he has the relationship to the other characters that he does. I, I, I'm glad that he's not a full mystery box J.J. Abrams type character, but I don't know. There's something about him as the unknown mentor. I don't know if you can hear all the crunching. The dog has decided to uh, crunch loudly on things right now because, of course, she has. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you haven't had your lunch yet, she might make you hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Today is the day the dog decided to make all kinds yeah. of noise while we're recording, and I don't know how much of it's getting recorded, but I'm assuming a lot of it. Okay, so... Tam, um, Tam Revora, we haven't seen her that much, and granted, at this point when we're recording this, we've seen the first three to four episodes, depending on how you count the two-parter at the beginning, um, I, I, I'm curious about her, we'll talk about that a little bit more in spoilers, yeah, but, gonna wait till spoilers. yeah, I, 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 I'm curious to see where she goes um a couple things that i am noticing here on i've got the imdb page open for episode one and it has anthony daniels c3po listed i don't remember anthony daniels in the first episode i don't remember c3po in the first episode but i don't either listed on here and i just thought i would point that out as kind of a oh hi so you did that. 
Um, yeah, the, the, the biggest one, though, that I want to talk about before we go into spoilers is uh, Auntie Z. Uh, I love this character. She she hasn't done a whole bunch, but I, I, uh, I don't know. It may just be the bar fly in me, but Grizzled Bartender is kind of my favorite character in most things, and yeah. Yeah. So, I, I like the cast. I, I like where the story is going. I like that it feels like Star Wars, but it feels like a Star Wars I haven't seen before. Which really makes me happy. Yeah, well, because so much of Star Wars has been set so much so far, you know, you know, within the Resistance, within the Rebels, within the military structure, you know, one one way or another, somewhere within the bureaucracy, within that military structure. So it's so it's really nice because this is definitely set more on the fringe. Um, there aren't. You know, there aren't clear sides, you know, there aren't, you know, it just, it's just kind of rough and, you know, it's kind of nice because it, it, it free flows a lot more than, than a lot of your other Star Wars. Because a lot of, because of the, a lot of the other Star Wars has that structure, has clear sides, has, you know, you're doing this, now you're doing this, now you're doing that. Whereas here it's like, I don't know. And the other thing I like about the Colossus Station, before we go into spoilers, last thing, um, yeah. it reminds me of a place that you would see Nomi Sunrider walking around in, if you remember when she was trying to escape the huts and all of that in the comics from way on back in the day. Yeah. And that makes me very happy, and that's one of the things that makes it feel very Star Warsy to me. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so, because being a station out closer to the fringe... And it's not aligned to any any sides. It's not so it's so it's complete free flow. Sasha. Okay, so we're gonna go over to spoilers now. So we have now entered the spoiler zone. That's what that dramatic music is meant to tell you. So if you do not want to be spoiled, go away. Come back later after you've watched. Okay? You've been warned. Okay, so the opening scene. Once again, I, I thought it was brilliant because it's like Star Wars tradition. You know, all of them, at least the movies, start out in space. And and it was really fun, because you kind of started... That Death Star-looking thing, thing coming into view. I, I, right away, I realized what it was, and I started giggling, because I was just like, that's hilarious. It took me, like, one second, because my first reaction... My first initial reaction was, oh, they're not going to do a tiny Death Star that's a lead-up to Starkiller. Oh, that's a... <laughs> That's an R2 unit's Which, head. They, they may have done that on purpose just to troll some people for the... Yeah. Like, be like, look, it's a Death Star. Oh, that was just too funny. One-eighth its size. That that was too funny. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the dogfight, and yeah. that was such a good way to start it because it gives us everything we need to know about Kaz as a character. He is selfless in that he lets the other people escape so that he can hold 
and holds the line for them. He's quick thinking in that when he realizes he can't get the engines to work again, he can get the weapons to work again. And he's very strategic in the way he gets Poe to instantly understand what the plan is and executes it very well. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a good way to introduce Kaz as a character. Mm-hmm. And it gets away, it, it gets the, this is Star Wars, I want to see an X-Wing TIE fighter dogfight out of the way. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. It's like there are two things that you go to a Star Wars movie for, and that's an X-Wing versus a TIE fi- fighter and a Jedi. I don't expect Jedi to show up at all in the series, though I have to say I am holding out hopes. I currently have everything that I can cross except for my eyes crossed at the moment that we will see a Terrace Kasi. That would be wonderful. Especially since they were the idea of Terrace Kasi was reintroduced in the solo movie. I don't I, I truly do not believe we're gonna get to see a Jedi or yeah. Jedi like thing in this series at all. I may be wrong about that, because if they look at the fan reaction and there's too much, where's my Jedi? They may find some way to scoosh something in. Probably a Force-sensitive or somebody from one of the other species, you know, species-specific things that they've talked about in here. That I would like to see one of them Fisher people show up on the station. That would be cool. From the Legends of Luke Skywalker. Traveling through. Yeah. Um... Which we know that story at least was true because it's featured in The Last Jedi itself. Yeah. <clears throat> I really liked that introduction. I liked how they dealt with Poe. I was a little heartbroken when I saw the hologram of Leia because to me the coloring looked more almost more like a force ghost than it did like a hologram because there's not actually a lot of difference in the way force ghosts and holograms look in Star Wars because they're both kind of hauntingly blue silhouetted translucent figures and that that kind of hit me in a very kind of way yeah i i i just i went hologram oh no no i know it was a hologram yeah but yeah thankfully i didn't have the other you know stick there in the other but i'm still in a i can't believe carrie fisher's gone yeah kind of place because so many people lately just so many um we've already kind of talked about the art style and what i and what we like about that i like the idea of colossus station yeah yeah because it becomes a fun setting that that helps to helps us to stand out and differentiate itself you know we're in a time before the first order after all the other Stuff even well, after the, the first order. Of first order existed long before this because you remember in Bloodlines. Oh yeah, no, I I know the, I mean it's first order has existed for quite some time. But this yeah. isn't this isn't most the people don't know it exists. Flared up giant battle between them, open conflict oh, yeah. time. So we're on a station where there aren't really there is resistance, but resistance isn't super active or holding up a faction on the station there is first order but first order isn't super active in holding up a faction on the station now yes there might be agents but everybody has agents everywhere there's pirates there's scoundrels there's 
merchants. I, there's just all these. You know, there aren't. There isn't any one major crime syndicate. You know, so there's lots of factions. Uh, it's it's one of those where you, you know. Though I bet at some point we will hear mention of Black Sun because Black Sun is a perpetual crime syndicate. Yeah. In the the in in Star Wars, there I, there are some that will probably show up at yeah. some point. I, ex- yeah. I expect to run into some, but I I found it very refreshing because current events, we'll call it life, has me so sick of sports ball, us versus them, two sides, everything is so Sith to make go back to the Star Wars reference. Yeah. It's one versus the other and it's like no, I don't want that. I get just too much of it already to a point where it's just poisoning and sickening. And it's refreshing to have something that isn't just that. You know, I mean, obviously there's different sides, but a lot of the sides, but it's more like, I'm not ro- I'm not flipping a coin, at least I'm rolling a die. <laughs> I just don't know what's, how many sided dice it, die that it is. And um, I think that's... That, yeah, that's... Yeah, I think that's something that they're really going for with the new Star Wars stuff. And I think that's something that has bothered some people, but has really kind of made me happy. Because, you know, I think back to, like, to me, my absolute favorite Star Wars stuff is the Tales of the Old Republic comics. Um, Back back in the day. I mean, I love the movies, don't get me wrong. I yeah. really love the movies, but the, you know... The everything that happened with the Beast Riders of Onderon, which, by the way, is the same planet that, um, one of our, uh, I don't know whether I should call him a hero or not. Um, oh, crap, I just lost his name. Um, Rogue One, he ends up, uh, I just completely lost his name. I'm horrible with names. Um, Sorry. Yeah. The guy that Jen Erso saved Jen Erso and ended up being. Cassius. No, not, Ca- not Cassian. Cassian. Um, no, the, when he, she's a little girl, he saves her. Oh, and yeah. And they go and um, find him on the planet. Yeah, I completely blanked on his name. He, he's a character from the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. Uh, oh, I feel really bad he now. He even got to fight with Anakin. Yep, he even <laughs> fought with Anakin. I'll give you all kinds of details on him. Yeah, he's he's from Alderaan. His respirators, things because of the poison and Jen, you know. Yeah. No, Jen is just the other person. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I completely lost his name. Um, So I'm having that kind of a day. That's why I have IMDb open over here, but I didn't think I was going to reference him. But anyway, he's from Alderaan. Yeah. And that brings Alderaan into canon. But... You know, the adventures there and everything that led to the Frieden Nod revolt and how Frieden Nod ends up bringing us Exar Kun and all the things that happen later with the, with the rise of the Sith and the Sith army and dot, 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 and everything that fo- follows after that. What made those stories so good and why I, to this day, love them and go back and read them and reread them like favorite books is the stories were so much more complex than just here's the Jedi, here's the Sith, here's the Empire, and here's the bad guys. Like, all the stuff going on with the Huts and the brother and sister who have their own, like, 
art theft ring who end up stealing the relics of Friedenod and that becomes a whole thing and then they end up being quasi Sith things that aren't quite <laughs> Sith. Sith mages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that that's one of the things that I really loved about the Tales of the Old Jedi stories, Tales of the Jedi stories, that it really you know, it showed the galaxy as a much more complex yeah. web of things leading in, in and out. And I get more of a feel of that from this show than I did from Rebels or... or Actually, Clone Wars got there because you end up meeting the various bounty hunters and their groups. And yeah, they, you end they up see, meeting that. some of the pirate groups and all of that. And so you get that idea that the galaxy's messy from Clone Wars, which is why... They started to introduce some of the other Force users and their, the different way they use it. You know, not just with the Dathomirian witches, but also, yeah, you know, all the stuff beyond just mm. Jedi and Sith. Mm. Yeah, the witches of Dathomir. Oh, yep. oh, yeah, the group on Mortis and all that. Yeah, there's so much. Up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I miss going down to that cave and killing. I know that that was Spider God. That uh, was that so, was the battle cry before going on a. Uh, Slaughter of Dathomirian witches and taking out the Damak. <laughs> in, in in Star Wars Galaxies, which was an MMO back in the day when MMOs were fun and crazy and all kinds of madcap adventures could go on, uh, the Damak was the god of the Night Sisters, and it was this giant spider thing that lived at the bottom of this cave that you had to basically fight your way through a bunch of Night Sisters to get down down to it and then fight it and it was kind of an open world dungeon because this is a game that came out prior to wow yeah before wow broke the internet and broke mmos forever um it was an open world dungeon that was a lot of fun and i can't tell you how many times i ran down to the bottom of that cave to kill the demonic but uh, star wars galaxies how i missed the let me count the ways yeah uh, my one drawback for the series that I don't like, <coughs> excuse me, um, is that they put BB-8 on it. Oh, I find that interesting. Oh, uh, BB-8 fan. I, uh, it has nothing to do with me liking the character or not. I Okay, they have established this weird lando-like relationship between bb-8 and poe dameron and <laughs> you know what i'm talking about um and the idea that he just sends bb-8 off on this other mission feels weird a little weird to me and two i want to meet a new droid like i get why they're doing it because people know bb-8 and he's kind of the tie-in to the rest of the movies and what are you talking about they still got a lot of bb-8s to move off the shelves <laughs> i get that but i'm more interested in uh what's his name bucket yeah the new Bucket's droid hilarious that yeah. we meet in here yeah i <laughs> chopper became one of my favorite things Very in true. rebels yeah and as did all of the various cast of droids that we met in uh um the Clone Wars. Yeah. I I I I I feel like 
BB-8 is a crutch that they're using to try to drag kids into the series because they remember BB-8 from the movies and that's well, they're in on the show. I I, I also feel like BB-8's there. Once again, this is probably a thing that's bothering you a lot about it, but he's there because he's selling toys. Well, no, not that. I just accept that. I'm a child who grew up. I got my Transformers because they were trying to sell me toys. I forget Transformers. Transformers. I love He-Man, I and got, that was just a toy commercial. I bought a lot of He-Man toys because, yeah, I enjoyed a toy commercial as a show. So uh, that that I just I just embrace it because if that gets me more shows that I enjoy, I, I, I grew up with that. That's, I can't wait for Shiro, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, actually, I think it's the writer in you that gets bothered by it. Because Kaz is also a walking disaster area. This is one of the things I actually found fun with him. Because he can't help but to cause problems. And... Uh, and it reminds me of my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a knack of causing lots of trouble, but also blundering into great areas. Which is great fun in, like, tabletop and stuff. And I have many characters that shouldn't have ever gotten as far as they should have but they blundered just right <laughs> and so you have bb-8 to help bail him out and it he, does feel like bb-8 is there because the writers uh it's almost like it's a, it's an easy lazy way for the writers to go literal dave's ex machina to go, yeah to go can get uh, out of you're gonna fall into the water and and y'all are becoming fish bait and droid saves you oh this bad thing's about to happen and bb-8 saves you and well my my big my actual biggest problem with bb-8 is i feel like he's keeping us at arm's length from the other characters because Kaz yeah. is running around with BB-8 and this show is kind of a BB-8 and Kaz buddy comedy show and so we're not getting to meet and spend a lot of time with well any of the other characters that they've introduced on the show so far and that bugs me a little bit yeah you know which which by the third episode I thought we might have gotten a little bit more uh, but you're right. I mean, well, I mean, part of it is me going, okay, well, I'm glad they're easing us in because, like, um, f- for instance, the the new DC thing that jumped around so much, I, I it was like, I almost wish they just focused on two characters and just left it at that for the... That's only one episode, and I don't want to get into spoilers, but... No, we're in spoilers. Well, we're in spoilers. We didn't say we were doing spoilers for other shows. For that particular show. Mm, um, true. But, uh, I'll leave it at that. But it, the, my point was basically, like, you know, in a way that's kind of nice, because it's not too much jumping around. But, you're right, I'm hoping they back off on that some, you know, because it is a lot. You know, it's just like when, uh, you know, I, I, I can't wait till we can find out that... Uh, She's actually his daughter. And that's Tam? Why, yeah, Tam's his daughter. That's why she's on the crew and giving a don't chance. I so. Because, you know, there's a picture of wife and daughter, and part of me is going, that's the tragedy. They're going to have that the wife died somehow, some way. Uh, daughter survived. She's with him. He treats her like she's just part of the crew and not like daughter, kind of to keep her... I think both his wife and kid died. That's why he left the New Republic and doesn't want anything to do with the Resistance. 
she is a stray that he picked up, like Niku, and we finally get his backstory. These are strays that he's picked up over time. The the, the yeah. biggest hook in the series so far is that one line that um, Jarek says to Tam, and that's, you know, he's just having a rough time like you did when you got started. Yeah. And we just need to give him a chance like I gave you. Yeah. And, yeah, that hints that there's more to their characters and more depth that we're going to get. And I, I'm all for that. Yeah. But I... I, I like I said, my biggest beef with the show is that I think BB-8 is sucking way too much of the oxygen out of the show, and we're not able to get to know the other characters to the point where I want to know them. Because I, I think... Th- th- think about... Okay, so the uh, the next ep- episode, uh, The Triple Dark, which was entertaining but think about what it would have been like if it was him and nico running around the ship running around the station getting into madcap adventures and everything that happened with like the guy who wanted his money back you know his yeah. money for the debt and all that if that was him and nico as opposed to him and bb8 like it one would have been funnier because yeah. nico would have been like why don't we just pay him <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, he, he just—he—he's too good for this world. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It—it it would have been a lot funnier, and it would have let us learn more about him as a character. And that—that's that, the kind of thing that I'm talking about, especially when you get to the, you know, the third episode, which was what was that called? Fuel for fire, fire for fuel, fuel for the fire. You know. That episode would have been so much more interesting in a way with Niku involved. Or one of the other, you know, probably not Tam because she seems to be really close to, you know, the... She probably would have just spoiled the episode and been like, oh no, we're not going to do this because of reason. Um, Whereas Niku would probably have gone along on the journey and I think that would have been a bit more interesting. You know, just a touch more interesting but that that that's just a pet peeve and it's something that will probably go away because i feel like bb8 is on the station because he really isn't good at making friends and though he's met these people i don't think it's out of character for him not to be trying to get close to them he doesn't seem like somebody who it's easy for him to get close to people and so BB-8 is his surrogate crutch friend until he can actually make friends with the people on the station, and then BB-8's going to get called away on another urgent mission. Yeah. Personal feelings. Yeah. But I can. It feels. I, I guess you're right that what bu- bugs me there is more from my writer's perspective because writerly, from a writer's, I know why he's there, because without him our main character would just be kind of wandering around alone. Yeah. And, and, and the... This gives him an instant friend. To, yeah, because this is kind of the editor in me going, that's kind of lazy. And yes, he's bad at spying, but he at least wouldn't be running around saying so openly the spy word in just general public. If he was, if he had one of those other characters with him, because he would have to then try to come up with some kind of excuse for wandering the market, 
and noticing another business. And it, like you said, it would be more entertaining if he was having to explain this excuse to somebody who is a loudmouth and bluntly honest. Yes. <laughs> and it, yeah, it would have made for better writing. And, and but it also would have probably aged but, the show up more mm. than they were wanting for the initial seasons. Yeah. And I, I, I get that. Yeah. You know, this, this is the thing so as a Star Wars those... fan that you have to weigh, and a lot of people seem to refuse to do. Like, this isn't a show made yeah. for me. I'm a 41 going well, on 42 year old adult. It's, yes and no. It's, it's family entertainment. Yes. It's but... made for adults and children. Yes. And it's that's where both. I was going. Yeah, it yeah. needs to be both. And that's where you have to understand it's. It needs to cover both, and well, I'm saying both because you know if someone involved in the show is listening, they need to also remember both halves. You know, well, I, I think, and I think, I think I think they've, they've done, done fairly done a well, fairly good job with yeah. that. But you know, I'm just saying, you know, this is something I think our generation has a hard time realizing is that these shows are primarily made to be an onboarding vehicle for younger fans into everything that already exists. Yeah. And in that way, Star Wars Resistance wasn't made for me. It was okay. made yes. for a, if you're new to Star Wars, if you're just getting into it, if you're a kid right now, this is going to be, hopefully, Lucasfilm is thinking, your jam that will get you up and into Star Wars. And I think a lot of adult fans especially forget that that kind of onboarding has to happen. You know, as a writer, this is something that we think about all the time because people are less likely to buy book five in your omnibus series. And so you have to think about when you're going to do a reset button and do a book one. This is something as a comics fan I'm all too familiar with because people are concerned about buying into issue 400 and so every now and then you have to push that reset so that you have an issue one so people feel like they can onboard into the world and if you're dc or marvel you do really stupid things to do that and (laughs) that's that's at least the really cool thing that they're doing at lucasfilm is they're not hitting the reset button on the world every time they need to do this like clone wars was not a reset on star wars it was not a reboot of star wars but it was a reboot of star wars it was star wars for the next generation coming in and so we have characters like ahsoka ahsoka would never have been created if we were just trying to talk to the 40 year old fans you know the 30 40 year old fans like us yeah that were established prior to that show coming out Ahsoka is specifically inserted into the show to be the kid surrogate for the people that were kids when the Clone Wars started to onboard them into Star Wars. And I'm so grateful that that happened and that, if you will, Clone Wars was not for me, wasn't made for me, because Ahsoka turned out to be one of my absolute favorite characters in Star Wars. And I never would have had her if they had just tried to make me happy yeah that, that's kind of where i'm going with this is like some of the stuff that really annoys me about tam and they're just being oh she's mysterious or you know with you know any of the other characters those characters weren't written for me they were written to onboard new new fans into the show and eventually i'll either buy into them or i won't buy into them 
but that's that's not the you know what I'm saying like yeah Bazine is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars she got one like what 100 page book dedicated to her and a cameo in The Force Awakens and who knows if we'll ever see her again yeah but she was a character that I fell in love with and absolutely loved right we have you know they're creating characters for that adult audience as well and that's something that I don't know Star Wars fandom is so messed up right now that I almost feel like anytime I talk about Star Wars, you have to bring up, you know, the reasons why stuff's happening. Like, I get Sinjir in Aftermath. The kids get these characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the pay- payoff. Yeah. I may end up loving these characters like I did Hera and Sabine and everybody from Rebels, right? I may not. It doesn't matter. This show isn't made for me. Like, I've already fallen in love with some of them. Like I said, Niku, I, I can't wait to see what happens with Niku because there's just something about that character that I just, I love already. So they've already got a hook into me on one of the characters. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of squabbling because this isn't the Star Wars I grew up with. No, it wasn't. The Star Wars that you grew up with is the Star Wars I grew up with, which was Ewok Adventures and Droids. Yep. Go back and Lest rewatch. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go back and rewatch them. Yeah. They weren't as good as you remember. I know because I I hated the Ewoks in the movies, but I loved the Ewoks cartoon when I was a kid. Hello, my name is Charlie. I liked the Ewoks cartoon when I was a kid. I went back and rewatched it when it came out on DVD. I bought that. I watched it and I went, "Oh my goodness, I liked this." Like I am almost more ashamed of liking the Ewoks cartoon than I am of being a fan of Masters of the Universe, which is also. Not as good as you remember. No. For everybody who's like, they're gonna mess up Shira. No, you can't mess up Shira. They messed it up originally. It's called Shira, the Princess of Power. Watch that show again. It's okay that it brings back like happy memories of when I was a kid, but oh, that is not a good show. <laughs> that is not a good show at all. Yeah. At least they're trying to give characters to the kids now and not the schlock that we had to deal with. These these aren't fuzzy animal creatures running around trying to collect the sunstones so the weird witches don't do strange things. For reasons. There was a YT-1300 in it. I was happy. No. Well, I'm talking about Ewoks. Not in Ewoks. Yeah, it was the crash ship. Oh, that's right. Oh, I completely forgot about that. A huge fan of YT-1300, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I have always been. <laughs> but that was the thing. It was simple stuff for simple kids. Because, yeah. you know, I had Ewoks, I had YT-1300, I was good. <laughs> I have not gone back to rewatch it. Because I, I, I well, A, you warned me. And oh, yeah. I was it's wise bad. enough to heed your warning. Because I, I know. <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to break up that the only show that yeah. is as good as i remember it is actually robotech and it's not and it's because i saw problems in it even back then but it's still a good show it's still a watchable show as an adult going back to watch you know yeah a show um yeah i i really wanted to watch through he-man when it was up on Net- netflix yeah. and 
Oh, wow. I can't believe I used to sit and watch the Power Hour every day. Oh, my goodness. How did I do that? My poor parents, I owe them an apology in a fruit basket. Yeah. Like... <laughs> But that's that's what I'm saying, you know. I know why the TV got moved to the basement, (laughs) and me along with it. Yeah, I was banished with my schlock to the. This is why they got me a TV for my bedroom. Yeah, Yeah. probably that because they couldn't stand it. (laughs) And as an adult going back, it's like, oh yeah, 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 wow, yeah. So we should at least be happy that they're giving us characters. Yeah, and. I don't know. I, I get really defensive because Star Wars fans have gone crazy. Some of them. Lately. Yeah, because also I sit back and go, well, f- well, first of all, it's that question, what do you love? Because don't call yourself a fan if you don't love it. You know, that you, you fail basic definition, go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you want to say you're not a fan and critique, fine, critique it. But don't say you're a fan and critique it like that. And Because and, then it's the question, well, what did you love? Because there are literally like weeks and weeks of star wars stuff that can be read and watched and you know if you're a fan go go back and enjoy the stuff you love because even marathoning it you got like weeks of straight marathoning it yeah you know because <laughs> it's like to the to the stuff earlier if i want if i want the us first them stuff Dude, I could just start a marathon and start with episode one and just chronologically move forward and, uh-huh. you know, check back with y'all in a couple weeks because that's all I'll be watching. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do a couple nitpicks that of things that I think people are going to be upset about that they just need to grow up about and uh-huh. then do a final kind of background. The most annoying thing in the entire series so far the absolutely most annoying thing is in the episode Triple Dark, we're introduced into a st- type of storm that has a name. It's a Triple Dark. We never see the storm. It's a gun that's put on the table that better pay off at some point in this was... series. Because, I'm sorry, this isn't just a storm. This is a Triple Dark storm. And I was like, oh, what's the storm going to be? Okay. Wow. Should I break you real quick? Okay, fine. Maybe it'll be like Bebo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, Legends. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, yeah. But it's only episode three, and and yes, you're right. They did introduce it. Um, We'll we'll see when it. Oh, no. The show, the episode was really good. I liked the way that Kaz figured out how to deal with the pirates. I liked a lot about that episode. I also felt that, that, yeah, they, they. they talked about the storm so much, but I'm like, it really wasn't the storm itself. I don't know. Maybe it just missed the station. Uh, there wasn't a lot of storm. There was. I mean, I understand the fight. The focus. Well, was it was pirates. always kind of on the horizon. Yeah. And more about the pirates, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. I'm just saying. You, you, but, you named the episode about this special kind of storm. I, I kind of wanted to see the storm. Like, why yeah. is it called the triple dark? Dark. And number two. You better show me a giant sea creature at some point. I need, well, like, a kraken to attack the, the station. The trailers spoil a little bit of that. Yeah, There's a race coming up yes. where some giant sea creature's yes. going to pop up. So we will get to see some of that But I'm point, sure but some yeah. people are going, like, crazy about that. Because this is Star Wars fandom and we can't... This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, we like details. Okay, so episode, <laughs> episode 3, 4, whatever we're calling it. Episode 3, Fuel for Fire. I really like this episode... I thought this is where Kaz is starting to come on, come 
into his own as a character. If you missed it, Jace was voiced by Elijah Wood. The Hobbiting continues. (laughs) Yeah. We're getting a lot of Hobbit characters, actors, pulled into Star Wars now. And this is how we get Elijah Wood. (laughs) I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked this one a lot. It... I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. I am really curious. This feels like... I know we're in the early episodes and we're doing a lot of setup. And this episode was, again, more setup. But I liked the relationships that were put up in here. Again, just a minor grouse. And this goes back to having played Star Wars Galaxies. Has absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars in, like, any canon or legends material ever met (laughs) created but i learned from playing star wars galaxies never to trust a celestin or people that hang out with celestins because the kinds of people that played celestins in star wars galaxies would stab you in the back or somehow betray you at any chance that they got (laughs) to do it and as soon as i saw that celestin that racism that was built into me from playing Star Wars Galaxies came back with a vengeance, and I was like, oh no, Kaz, don't trust them. They're hanging out with a Celestin. Don't do it. Don't do it. They're bad people. And then they turned out to be bad people, and I'm like, ah, Star Wars is confirming my bias against Celestins, because I bet you some of them play Galaxies too and have that same, it, same bias. I'm laughing, because it, 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 as far as Galaxies go, it was just one of those... There are a lot of quirks with the game that just became truisms, and that was one of the truisms. Rodians are goofballs. The, the types of yeah, the the types of humans that picked to play certain character types really fit certain profiles. Of People Rodians like me who played Zabrax were overly self serious to the point of almost self parody. Yeah, the Celestins were almost, would almost would inevitably at some point. St- just stab you in the back and betray you. And uh, Dude, I knew a lot of Solicitans because I was a bounty hunter, and it, the best way to find your prey was just to send out word to the Solicitans and let them know that you had money that you would give them if they betrayed whoever you were hunting down. And they would often, like, give you a tip when they would show up at a cantina. Because I'd actually picked, like, when we, one of my earlier characters was a Solicitan. I tried to Solicitan for a little bit. I couldn't. I, I couldn't stomach it. It was like a close knit community of backstabbers. Yes, I, it's the weirdest thing. It was the and, weirdest and thing. And I just, I, I couldn't stomach it. Yeah. And yeah, I did end up with a Rodian. Eventually. Eventually. I missed the wiki though. Yeah, the well, I had a I had a Rodian for a little while, because you know I'm kind of goofball, and then then the wiki was the one that actually got yeah. played. But you know, I, I that that bugged me more than anything else is that like i felt like they reached it there's a couple times in the recent star wars stuff that i felt like they reached like these were players from galaxies taking stuff that happened there and building it into star wars canon and this was one of those moments where just like my in my instinctive reaction was they got a solicitant they're bad they're bad people don't trust them they're bad yeah and yeah yeah, because the Wookiees were almost always loners, but always yep. on a mission. Yep. <laughs> they had agenda. <laughs> and I, I found that just bizarre and weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was just one of those funny things that basically you ran into a certain certain type and you could 
you could yeah you already knew and it was you gotta think even if you were a kid back when star wars galaxies existed you're old enough to be a writer for the show now oh yeah yeah totally even if like you were one of the youngest players yeah like because that was such a long time ago yeah i miss that game yeah and before you say that they're emulators they don't count because they don't have enough people yeah because that was part of the glory of it was the social aspect as well but so all in all i am enjoying star wars resistance i think if you are interested in this sort of thing like if you if you're a star wars fan just because of jedi not the show for you at least so far yeah because you know and that's primarily my interest in star wars but i do like the dog fights and stuff too and that's what this show is so as long as it doesn't turn into pole position in a galaxy far far away i'm fine anybody who gets that reference let me know i will make you a demerit badge because Uh, yeah Mm mm-hmm yep yeah you have to be of a certain age to get that one um but yeah i i'm enjoying the show I, I like the characters. I like where it appears to be going. Um, I'm also very excited that it's, it's available on Hulu. Yeah, it you is know. available on Hulu. They're, they're, they're finally reaching out and going, hey, you know, people can't, if they can't watch the stuff, they're not going to watch it. And it's available in a way that I also enjoy because we pay for the no commercials and it's available without commercials. And yay, because yeah. not everybody honors the no commercials thing. And that makes me despise you. Yeah. I pay and extra for no commercials because I hate commercials. Well, like, <laughs> being huge comic fans, it's why last last year's most of those shows were only just finishing because... We waited for it to go up on Netflix yeah. because they wouldn't honor the no commercials. And yeah. anybody from the WB listening, you really shot yourself in a foot. If yeah. you wondered why your ratings were suffering some last year. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since some of the shows, most of the shows last season were really bad, but Legends was really good. Yeah, Legends, <laughs> was, Legends was really good. If, if you and... checked out of the CW superhero shows last season, watch last season's Rebel, um, not Rebels, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh my goodness. One yeah. of the best things really well ever written. put on TV, especially for the season finale, but you really have to watch the entire season or it does not make sense. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So good. But yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out. Don't listen to the naysayers. I've seen a lot of negative reviews from people that just don't understand. Yeah, it's kidsy because it's on the Disney Channel. Yeah. What did you expect? Disney Channel. Disney Channel doesn't do adult programming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, this yeah. HBO. It's like the difference between your Marvel in theaters and your Marvel on Netflix. You yeah. Know, oh, you got your two reference? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anywho, um, anything else you want to say about this? No, I think about it covers it. And just to keep myself from doing an entire episode about this later, I just want to mention that Chuck Wendig has been fired off of the uh, Marvel Comics run of Shadow of Vader, and he's no longer going to be writing a as-yet-untitled Star Wars novel because apparently he is too uh, vulgar on social media. I have a couple things to say about that. One, I follow Chuck Wendig, and you may have just like caused some problems here, Disney. Because apparently this yeah. was Marvel's call, 
not Star, not Lucasfilm. Apparently, Marvel's the one that had the problem with him, not Lucasfilm. And this makes me feel like whoever was the idiot who listened to the Nazis that they should fire James Gunn is still calling no. the shots yeah. over there and hasn't been fired yet. And you know who you are. Yeah. <clears throat> and you shouldn't listen to right wing nudniks. You shouldn't listen to left wing nudniks. If you've got a good writer, you've got a good writer. And Chuck Wendig is a good writer. Y'all messed up. Yeah. That's I mean, why I'm excited about Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. When I've seen Suicide Squad 1. <laughs> and, and oh, so many problems. So much promise with so many problems. And now I'm excited as, as I'll get out of your Suicide Squad 2. Because too. you listen to the Nazis. And by the way, that's literal Nazis. Like, they yeah. listen to a rapist Nazi. Yeah. The guy who put up the propaganda against um, James Gunn has actually gone to jail for sexual assault. Yeah. He has to register as a sex offender and is a literal Nazi. Yeah. You listen to that guy and fired James Gunn. You done messed up Disney. And now I feel like you're doing it again with Chuck Wendig. And that's really irritating me. That's really irritating me because I read his stuff and you know what? I don't think I've often been surprised at his lack of F-bombs and other very colorful blue language because if I were responding to some of the things that people say against about him, I, I would probably use a bit more colorful language than he did and I thought that he was quite restrained about a lot of the stuff because you realize, just for those of you who aren't keeping up with this sort of thing, Chuck Wendig wrote the Aftermath books. Yep. Which I'm always on this podcast telling y'all to read because I love them. He was targeted prior to the books coming out by right-wing nudniks because they found out that he was going to put LGBT characters into Star Wars. The Within one hour of the first Aftermath book coming out, they had given it a one-star rating on Amazon. Like, literally, before the release party was over, they and nobody had had time to read it, it had already had a one-star rating on Amazon because they wanted to say how much they hated the LGBT community. And he has been a lightning rod for people that just hate gay, trans, and queer people since then. And good on him he doesn't take it lying down and that's why disney fired him because he has said harsh things back to them yeah disney you need to get your ducks in a row here you can't keep firing people that don't kowtow to nazis and the alt-right you can't do that i'm sorry and i don't want you to kowtow to the far left either. I don't want you to kowtow to anybody. Like, seriously. Oh, it becomes really easy. Don't kowtow to haters. Yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, as Star Wars fans, it's really simple. If they, you know, if, Any... if it's only, if all they're standing for is what they hate, 
Listen to Rose Tycho. Sith that equals bad. Just just follow your own movies. Listen to Rose Tycho. We're gonna fight for what we love, not destroy the things that we hate. The people that would never have bought a Shadow of Vader comic because Chuck Wendig wrote it are not going to buy Shadow of Vader comics because Chuck Wendig is not writing them. Yeah. In fact, you have a better chance of them buying it with him there because they're going to want to buy it and burn it. Yeah. Which is still sales. Which is still sales. You know, she still win. With him gone, they have no reason to show interest anymore. Yep. They're not going to talk about it. They're not going to buy it and burn it. You just also angered all the people who are there trying to build what they love. Yep. And have now alienated them as well. Yep. You know. And since you just bought Fox and have us all really concerned about how much of the intellectual property of the universe you now control. Yeah. Now's not the time to make us start wondering if, you know. Yeah. You're committing antitrust violations. Yeah. You kind of want to be benevolent and build that which you love. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to say that so I didn't make it into an entire episode or a series of episodes. Because I'm really tempted to do that because it's really, really irritating me. But, so, just hashtag rehire Chuck Wendig. Hashtag, you lost James Gunn. Learn from your mistakes. And if you haven't watched yeah. Resistance, watch Resistance. It's awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anything else you want to say? That about covers it. All right. Um, basic and matter stuff. Uh... If you like this episode, thank you. That makes, like, my, I'm, I'm very, very glad. If you think you know anybody else that would like this episode, please share. That really does help reach more people. And the more people we reach, the you know, more people we reach. If he, the app that you're currently listening to me on allows you to either rate this episode or to rate the podcast in general please do that. That tells the algorithms that, you know, maybe they should show the podcast to some more people and that would be awesome. We've been growing and it's all because of y'all because I've been really busy either doing podcast stuff or nano prep and haven't been able to do the promotional stuff I should be doing. It's all on you guys, man. It's amazing how well the podcast is growing and keep that up. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, We've already almost done in downloads this month what we did in all of last month. And I haven't looked at the thing in a while. So we may have already beaten it by now. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you got a few bucks that you want to pass my way or even just a dollar, it really would help me out a lot. Depending on the app that you're listening to me on, there'll either be a button that says support or support on Anchor, depending on the amp app. Or if that's not there, there if you go to the show notes, there'll be a link that says support on Anchor. Click that. You can support me at the $1, $5, $10 levels. That does mean the world to me. It helps me do these podcasts and, you know, go to conventions and stuff that you guys like to see me at. Um, if you want to support everything that I do, not just the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Dorset and support over there. That's for the books and everything. I kind of like the idea of having... The podcast is its own separate thing because it helps me see if you're interested in just the podcast or everything that I do. I might actually create a special entry level, like $1 over at Patreon, so you can specifically say you listen to the podcast, so I know, because I want some way to know where you all want me to spend my time. (laughs) Something like that. 
If you have any ideas on how to make that happen, let me know. I think that's everything. Oh, if you're doing nano prep, let me know how you're doing. You can hit me up on I'm C E Dorset on Twitter. It's the best place to find me. You can find links to everything that I do at PretrickShadow.com. Is that it? I think that's, that's it. it. Alrighty. Until next time. Uh I almost said I'm Brian. I'm Charlie. <laughs> I would have said the other then. I'm Brian. And don't forget, have the fun. <laughs>